Welcome to Seeking God's Grace podcast, a place to share stories about life, faith and passion. My name is Grace and I am a sister of the Holy Family of Nazareth, or as some prefer to say, I'm a Catholic nun. I hope that this podcast will help you and me to find God in everyday life experiences and to understand God and yourself a little bit better. Let's talk and seek God together. Hello and happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to the celebration of Solemnity of Christ the King. The last Sunday in ordinary time. The last Sunday in the liturgical year. While I really want to share with you a little bit of a background story to this special day in the church celebration, today I would like to talk about two topics. One will be simply a continuation of sharing about Blessed Frances Siedliska, the foundress of our congregation. Uh, I talked about her with Sister Amata Novaszewska last week, when she shared her encounters with Mother Foundress, how that's how we call her, Frances Siedliska, and her encounters in her life. And then we will talk eventually about Christ the King, because I think that there is a connection, connection on many levels, connection between the idea how Mother Foundress saw Jesus and how she understood kingdom of God here on earth, but also connection between talking how do we describe God, how do we discover God in our life. So let's start with the first part. In the book which we presented to you last week with Sister Amata, um, called Little Flowers of Frances Siedliska, chapter 4 is titled They Will Speak in Tongues. And it tells a little story about the importance of languages in Mother Fandre's life. Let me quote bulk of that chapter. We read, In the congregation's collections, over 7,000 letters written by Blessed Mary have been preserved. She wrote mostly in Polish, but many letters and personal notes are in French. There are letters and postcards in Italian and English. In letters written in Polish, Mother Mary often used English and Italian words and phrases or inserted French sentences. There is one small card to Father Antoni Lehert from 1898, which is a kind of curiosity. In that note, one sentence is written in three different languages. With what freedom Mother Mary was able to change from language to language, she was most fluent in French, which she had studied since childhood. One of her governors was Swiss. As a young girl, Frances had numerous opportunities to improve her French during her stays in European places. Perhaps there, if not before, she learned Italian and German, because in addition to Switzerland and France, she stayed in resorts located in modern-day Italy and Germany. 
Knowledge of French and Italian was particularly useful to Mother Mary as the founder of a new religious family. In these languages, she often talked, for example, with church hierarchs about matters regarding the developing congregation. However, German often proved useful as well. The German lady, our neighbor, mother wrote to her spiritual director, Father Anthony, in 1884, came today while I was not present to ask for catechism lessons for her daughter in German at least three times a week. Is it possible to undertake this? And who will give the lessons? Because only Sister Alcantara and I know this language. At another time, she was worried that she would not be able to return on time for lessons. English and German lessons are to start from November 1st, she wrote from Lvov in 1898. If I haven't returned by that time, let Cecil start English and Musia German. She will know that much. She began learning English during her second stay in the United States, when she visited the houses of the congregation. I study English every day, when there is no obstacle, she wrote in her letter, but from a woman who doesn't know any other languages, so I cannot speak, but I read and I write a little. I would love to learn so that I can talk to the Archbishop and the doctor. A few days later, she happily noted, I had an English lesson and my teacher is happy about my reading progress. In the spring of the following year, she was already preparing translations of documents and letters in English to the Archbishop with the help of her teacher. She strongly encouraged the sisters in American mission to learn languages. It was necessary to know English and Polish, and German was useful. Once in Our Lady of Snow's convent in Chicago, she organized an impromptu exam. This morning, Without any prior thought, we began to talk about learning and by noon there was an examination of the sisters in Polish, German, English and finances. All of this greatly encouraged them to learn. The exam is to be repeated in three months to see their progress. For sisters in temporary vows, Mother Mary reserved time for religious formation and the learning of languages. I would like, she wrote, that they would live faithfully and religiously throughout the time of vacation and study, especially the English language. Blessed Mary also knew Latin. In her autobiography, she included a prayer she composed in this language. By provided it with a comment, I am aware that my Latin is very poor, but I wrote as best as I knew how. She must often used the Latin Polish Bible, that is the Old and New Testament scriptures, according to the Vulgate text and the Polish translation, a full volume edition from 1861-64, currently kept in the General Archives in Rome. In the 90s, Mother Mary considered establishing a home in Kołomyja, in the Eastern Carpathians, now Western Ukraine. Although knowledge of Polish and German area of Galicia would be sufficient in the planned orphanage, 
She knew how important it is to know at least a little of the local language. In 1898, she wrote to Father Antony Lehet, Would Father allow me and one more sister, maybe Amancia, to take some Russian lessons from our good Russian priest? If the Lord Jesus dates that we are to go to Kowomea, it would be good for us to talk to the Russians a little. People are more open when one speaks their language. The response of her spiritual director, who was at the same time the director of the congregation, left no doubt. You can learn Russian. First learn to read and write and then learn conversation. Blessed Mary wanted the sisters to know the languages of the countries where they live and to make use of them, although it was not always easy for the sisters. Not all of them knew the languages or knew enough. She noted that once she had to point out to the sisters in England that they were speaking French in the community, not English. When Italian prayers were introduced in Rome in 1894, the sisters complained that they were not praying together in Polish. And Mother Mary wondered how she could come for these poor sisters and explain to them so that they would put into practice what had been decided. The more I look at everything that is happening here, she wrote from South Brooklyn in New York in 1896, the more I beg Jesus and desire one thing, that the congregation may lose this feature as a Polish congregation and break free from the work only among Poles and draw a little closer to the local American population. For this, of course, it is necessary for sisters to be educated very well in English and, if possible, take the exams. Such was how she envisioned the realization of the congregation's mission, spreading the kingdom of God's love. God's love, because it is wise and prudent, not at Mother Mary, teaches one how to deal with everyone in all circumstances, how and when to speak. We may add that it teaches with language to speak when. And this is the end of the story, the chapter 4 of The Little Flowers of Frances Sierdiska. If you are interested to obtain the book, just please kindly put a comment at the bottom of this episode and I certainly will private message you for your address and send you the book. This one little story says a lot about Frances Sierdiska. But at the same time as I was reading it, I thought it actually shows a very much practical way of her understanding how the kingdom of God should spread among us sisters and people to whom we minister, to whom we go with the good news about Jesus Christ. If I will quote again the uh, sentence from that chapter which I just read, she envisioned the realization of congregation mission, spreading the kingdom of God's love in any and every possible way, 
And the languages that she used, that she saw necessity to learn, just an example of it. Because in her mind and in her heart, anything and everything should be used to make sure that Jesus Christ is known to everyone. And so we dwell a little bit more about the idea about today. Christ the King celebration. For some people, something what they will relate to and they will say, yes, I love it. I love the idea about the kingdom. I love the idea about the king. I understand that I want to be in heaven in the kingdom of God. Some other people will say, ah, yeah, well, not, not really. Game of Thrones, that's how far my idea about uh, kingdom goes in heads of younger generation. Other people will say, nah, totally outdated idea. Uh, other people will say, kingdom, what? What are you talking about? And this is true. Any metaphor and any way of describing God is true to each generation. And what we find out about the kingdom of God, we found, of course, from the Bible. And based on the biblical, biblical stories, we can talk about the idea about Christ the King. Christ the King is simply a title. It is a title that Jesus received in Christianity because he was referring many times about the kingdom of God in his teaching. And again, if you will just open your own Bible and look at the end into the index of words that are used in the Bible, you will see that under the word king or kingdom, you will have a long list of quotes, long list in both Old Testament and New Testament as well. There are three Gospels that talk about the King and Kingdom of God the most. And that is Matthew, Mark and Luke. A little bit in John, but not as much. Biblical references will justify the usage of these words in our Catholic tradition. So, as I mentioned, Gospel of Luke, for example, we hear the story how the angel Gabriel proclaims to Mary, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So that's Gospel of Luke. There are also some mentions coming from other writings, not only in the Gospels, but also the letters. In the first letter to Timothy, we hear the words King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that is um, a reminder of some books which we hear quoted from the Old Testament into the New Testament. So one could think about why do we think about Christ as king and why would we use this image in the 21st century? 
Of course, there is always a history. There is always a background. There is always this connection, which I was trying to describe very briefly, between olden images, in this case from Old Testament, very well known to the Jewish people, and new ones. These days, when we think about Jesus Christ and his kingdom, not in the terms of actually a territory, not in the terms of a place, but more of an idea about ideology in the place where we will be all very happy, when there will be justice, our peace, and where there will be happiness with Jesus Christ as the King. Happiness and peace, these two words are usually connected with the idea about kingdom. And that was also true to the Pope Pius XI, who had written in the year 1922 an encyclical, that is a special letter which popes are writing. And he had written that letter in the aftermath of World War I. And then he said, well, we need peace and we need someone who we will look up to to create this peace. And he deplored the rise of class divisions. He saw how people are still fighting in the different places. And he said, we need to look at the kingship of Christ as prince of peace. We need to look at the Jesus Christ's kingdom and his reigns over the minds of individuals. And we need to look at the law of justice that only the gospel values can bring to us. So from his writing, we moved into the year 1925, when the idea is deepened. And there is another encyclical, there is another letter written by Pope Pius XI, published in that year, when he said, I want Christ to be called the King of Universe, because Christ has dominion over all creatures, a dominion not seized by violence nor unsurped, but his by essence and by nature. So Pope is telling us and reminding us that calling Christ the King is doing what we are not doing here on earth, is bringing peace, is creating this non-violent attitude that we need so much, and how true it is, even till now. So the history of the calling Jesus Christ the King it's not that long, to be honest. It's only 100 years for the church history. It's really, really not so much. But um, it is important because it shows us that we need a peaceful, non-violent, full of mercy, understanding and justice leader of our times. And Christ is the one. And Christ is the one whose kingdom will bring all of this to all of us. And here comes the significance of Christ the King's solemnity being the last 
Sunday in the liturgical year. For the past three weeks, we could hear um, in the church, when the Gospel was read, stories quoted from the New Testament, from the Gospels, that were describing what Kingdom of God would be like. And today, we're finishing that. Today's reading shows us what kind of sovereign our Lord is. He is not a remote king who enjoys lording it over, over anyone, over us especially. But rather, he is a king who came to serve and we are to follow his example. At the end of our life, we will be called to account on how well we have done that. So today, in the Gospel, we hear the list of acts of our life that we should follow if we follow Jesus Christ as our King. In today's reading, we learn that the real test is how we have loved and served others. For in doing so, we have loved and served Jesus himself. So have we clothed the hungry, fed the poor, given drink to the thirsty, visited those in prison, or even the lonely family member well, who is possibly shut inside their home? So this is the list of questions that we hear in the Gospel, and this is the kind of kingdom that we are talking about when we are celebrating Christ as King of Heaven and Earth. And now you can think about why did I read to you the story about Mother Fandrest and the languages. Well, once, because she would do anything and everything to be able to reach out to the people and find the best language to talk to them about God's love. She felt deeply loved by God, by Jesus, and she wanted everyone to feel the same way. She wanted more sisters not for doing, but for loving. She wanted everyone to make sure that there is no obstacle in spreading the kingdom of God among the sisters and among other people. But what she did also as a woman ahead of her time, she was looking at the new ways of describing God, describing his, describing his kingdom, describing what God's love is. And that might be called for us today. If we cannot relate to the description of saying, now I don't really understand this image of Christ being the king. I'm not into, <laughs> you know, understanding why monarchy was good in the past or even in some places till now. If it is not your language, and if it's not an image that speaks to you, what is it? If you think about Jesus, loving Jesus, that is the one who motivates us and directs us into being the best we can for ourselves and for others, what will be the image? What would you use instead? How would you imagine God's reign on earth? How would you imagine God's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom here on earth? Christ 
is the one that speaks to you in the language of love. What is your description of him? Being the king of your own heart and being the king of all of us, of the whole universe. Just recently, I saw some of the photos that are appearing almost every week uh, showing more galaxies and more part of the universe that we have not explored. And I thought about how wonderful it is that every Sunday when we go to the church, we say in the part of the Mass called Creed, or I believe, that we believe in everything created by God, both visible and invisible. And I think about those images of the universe, and I think about God who created it all, and I ask myself, what is the glory of God? How I can imagine the power and the love of the one who created it all. A little bit mind-blowing, to be honest, and short for words, because there is no language, there is no metaphor, there is no image that would describe this the best. The little we know and the little we can describe. I remember the story, forgive me if I have quoted it before, but I don't think I did, uh, when a little boy was asking his um, father who God is. And he said to his boy, look up in the sky. And the child said, yes, dad. And the father said, what do you see? And he said, Oh, I see the plane passing by. And the dad said, yes, that's what God is. And the boy said, well, he seems to be very far and distant and very, very small. And then the father took the child into the airport and stood as close as he could and looked through the fence at the huge, huge aircraft. And the father said, what do you see? And the child said, oh, I see the plane. This plane is huge. And the father said, that's exactly right. That's how we feel about God. When we come closer to God, we see God huge, enormous, bigger than we can even imagine. We can't even imagine how God functions and how God creates. And when we look up the sky, we see only a dot. And again, we might think that God is distant, yet we know that God is big, that God embraces everything and anything what we have in our life. So if that image helps you, that's good. If not, Try to find your own. If you have the better ones, please share with me and write it at the end of this episode. Find your own language that describes God. Find your own image that describes Kingdom of God. 
and find the most important part, your relationship with Jesus. Jesus who wants to be as close as possible in your heart and the hearts of others. Happy Sunday, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will tune in again. Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave your review. Feel welcome to visit my website, seekinggodsgrace.com, and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Every blessing to you and your loved ones. Talk again soon.